Blog Talk Radio. It's Dr. Sue, and it's Tuesday, April 2nd, and you're in bed with me, you lucky devils. We are so pleased to have with us tonight for a return engagement, Mr. Irv O'Neill, femdom fetish author. So if you're a fan of fetish erotica or femdom literature, or maybe you're an aspiring writer of this genre or a similar genre, you never know. If you have some questions about the writing process, this is your chance to talk to this accomplished and very busy writer. So call in now, get in the queue, 646-478-3644. Remember, are you a fan of Irv O'Neill? This is your chance to tell Irv yourself. And we will be right back after this. Hey there, boys. This is Mistress Kiara. Are you a loser, a sub, a freak? Or just a fetishist? However you identify yourself, Pretty Punk Princesses is sure to have a mistress for you. No matter what your fetish is, from financial domination and blackmail to cuckolding, cock and ball torture, foot worship, and humiliation of any kind. We've got clips, pictures, blogs, and sessions of any kind are available with all of our princesses. Head over to www.prettypunkprincesses.com and visit the bitchiest mistresses on the net. And obviously that was the beautiful Domina Chiara who was doing that commercial. You guys really do need to go over there and have a chat with these gorgeous ladies. And now it's not weird, Chiara, you sound beautiful. She just said in the chat room that it's weird to hear her voice over the air. So I would normally be doing this show with my co-host. I don't know where he is. He doesn't seem to be here. Whether or not he's fallen over, I have no idea. So I don't know where he is. Um, Normally I do have Vanilla Girl. Vanilla Girl isn't here either because she's off picking up my boyfriend from work because we are three people with one car. It gets to be a bit of a pain in the ass. Anyway, so it's just a little me here for right now until we find out what happened to Joey. I don't know where he went. So... Really quickly, um, there's a piece in the news that I wanted to bring up. Pipe Dream Products announced this afternoon that it's enjoying its best first quarter in of all time. This is huge. Um, for those of you who don't know, you know who Pipe Dream is. Pipe Dream is one of a, or is a very large supplier of um, uh, like fetish not not fetish novelties, but adult novelties. So um, they do – actually, I love Pipe Dream because they tend to do a lot of really good joke stuff. However, um, most of this is in part due to the company's Fetish Fantasy Limited Edition bondage line. And that's – you know, it was – I guess they announced it last July at the ANME show. 
um, which is the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo. And they've shipped more than one million units of the line the following month. So in the month of August, they shipped a million units. That's huge. And if you want to, you can head over to um, the Dr. Sue Review, look on the right-hand side, look for the store, Dr. Sue's Perfect Pleasures, and we carry the entire Fetish Fantasy Limited Edition. It's their sort of beginner's bondage, their answer to the whole, you know, um, Fifty Shades thing. But they've got some they've got some really good stuff, which is actually surprising because Pipe Dream does tend to be a little bit on the cheap side. Sorry, guys, but it's true. So, anyways, I, I, Joe, are you here now? I am. Thank God. I felt so lonely here. All by myself. <laughs> Had a little problem getting on. Getting on or getting it on? Mm, getting on. I'm just pestering you. Lighten up. So tell everybody about your boat. You bought a boat. Yay. Yes. I we have uh, floatage. Uh, this will be summer of floatage again. Yay. The boat that was viciously murdered in Hurricane Sandy, BBB, is now going to be the BBB2. As soon as we get the stripper pole installed, right? That's a must. It, the stripper pole has to be retrofitted. What else do we have to do? We have to get the hatches fixed, and we have to make sure she doesn't have holes, right? She has, does she have holes right now? She does not have holes. She's hole-free. Oh, okay. Hole-free, hole which free. is not good in the sexual world, but it is good in the boating world, in the it, boating milieu. It really is a plus. It is, because you just we don't need want to, to upgrade, go down with the ship. We need to upgrade the entertainment package. Put on oh, that's and, true. You got to have well, you got to be able to have the sound system yes. for the stripper pole. Uh, I, I need to take out the cassette tape deck that's in there. Oh, that's old. Yeah, that's an oldie uh, but a goodie. It actually came with an eight track. An eight track. Wow, that's yeah. scary. But we'll be upgrading her to a uh, you know an MP3. Uh, player with, um, you know, CD changer, putting in all new sound, putting in lights, putting in a stripper pole, and uh, a few other must-haves for entertaining on the boat. Very cool. So you'll be seeing Joe on the high seas again this summer, thank God, because it was getting close there. We thought you weren't going to be floating, so, and we all float. Remember that, boys and girls. We all float. That would be a Stephen King reference. You're not a King fan, I know, so you wouldn't get it. Hello? Crickets. Do we have the crickets? We do have crickets on there somewhere. You'd have to go find it. It should be under SFX crickets. Somebody went and uh, alphabetized this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make it more better for you. There, see? Da-da-da-da. Well, anyways, it's time for shout-outs, because I want to get Irv on here. Irv is patiently waiting in the queue. I see him in the playing queue. Around in the, he is. He's very queuey. So um, we need to really quickly jump to shout-outs. We don't have a lot. Shout-out, kitten! Okay. That sounds like the MTM kitten. It actually does, too. Maybe it is. 
It didn't say it was. So I have secret shout-outs today. I have a secret shout-out. These are all from me. No one, no one gave me any shout-outs, so these are all from me. Secret shout-out to Chris in Boston, who's wearing his favorite silky hose and listening right now, we hope. I think he's here. Hopefully he's here. Um, secret shout-out to the beautiful goddess Natasha Hertz, who was lying on the beach all day and is now relaxing and listening, I'm assuming, eventually. And secret shout-out to Maribel Blue, who is the host of the online TV show KEM Top Talk, of which I was a guest twice. And she's also editor-in-chief of Kinky Magazine. So go to kinkymagazine.com. That's kink and the letter E and magazine.com. And you can also find her on We Whip Ass. She's going to be listening in, too. And I have a very special birthday wish from me to Goddess Belladonna, whose birthday is this Monday, April the 8th, which also happens to be my boyfriend's birthday, so it's a good day. Um, so happy birthday, Bella, a bit early. This lady is an inspiration to many in our community, and she deserves to have the best birthday ever, gentlemen. I suggest you visit her website, phonesexymysteria.com or bbwfetishqueen.com, and hit up her wish list and show this amazing woman your respect and gratitude. And while you're visiting her site, you have to download Chronicles of a Recovering Money Mistress. This is her latest PDF book. You want to grab it. It's a wonderfully funny yet very poignant almost autobiography of Bella and where she intends to take herself and her career now since she's had some personal epiphanies. So get it. Again, it's at phonesexymysteria.com or bbwfetishqueen.com. It's also available for sale on Nightflirt or Gumroad. Definitely check it out. It's it's really it's an excellent read, and it's not really long. So those of you window lickers who can't handle things that are really long, you can handle this. Really, you can do does it. Does it does it have pictures? It does not have pictures. You do. I, I realize that sucks. But hey, you can sit there and look at all the beautiful pictures of Bella herself on her website as you read, if you need some sort of visual stimulation. So there. And lastly but not leastly, of course, uh, Queen Kitty is heading to Chicago this weekend. And first of all, she's looking for a fabulously relaxing hotel to stay at, so she needs some recommendations for those of you either in the Chicago area or have been to the Chicago area. And here's the kicker, though. This is, this is the good one. Any unowned subbies in the Chicagoland area, you need to hit up the queen for a real-time session while she's in town. Think about that. This is your chance to not only meet the queen, but to actually play in the litter box with her. Think about that. Not a lot of guys get that chance. Not in Chicago, anyways. So don't blow this chance to submit to the queen in person. So email her. That's it. Thank you. Email her at Queen Kitty Owns You. Spelled just how it sounds. It's kitty with a Y. Don't have to get too fancy. It's really easy. Remember, window liquors. Queen Kitty owns you at yahoo.com. So hit her up with either hotel recommendations or a nice groveling email wanting to spend time with the queen and understand it ain't free. So real-time session, babies. Get those wallets open. So let's get those 
phone lines dialing. I want to hear some wait, fans wait, wait. of Mr. Herb. What? I want to give a shout out. Oh, you all... got one. Cool. Yes, I do. I Yay! want to give a shout out to all of the lovely models at the Foot and Fetish Tickle Party, which is moved to Wednesday for this week. <gasps> Lucky you! Yay! You can go again. I can go again. It's now on a Wednesday, and they have a female boss theme. That's the theme female for Wednesday. Female boss theme? Female boss. So are they going to be like dressed in like office attire, right? One could only hope. Woo! Very nice. So now you can go again. So for all of you out there, Joe will be hitting up the party tomorrow, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That is some sexy stuff there, Joe. I'm saying. Now, am I allowed to bring Irv into this or not? Um, yes, you can now bring Irv into this. Can I have my Irv now? I, I need my Irv fix. Uh, okay. All right. So, as I was saying, get the phones. Dialing 646-478-3644. Because I get to introduce now everyone all to the newly anointed by me, Sultan of Smut, Mr. Irv O'Neill. Irv, are you Hello, there? Doc. I'm here. How are you Yay! doing? Oh, my <laughs> I like it. All right. I'm bowing. The audience loves you. <laughs> Salt and oh, smut. I, I like that. That's good. Well, <laughs> should have worn a turban for this. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. The rest yes, of me. Yes, because uh, actually Irv is not here to discuss femdom erotica at all. He's actually here to do fortune telling. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, God. That's, that so, boss theme party sounds pretty good, Joe. Oh, yeah. Foot theme party, yeah. You've been to them before. They are a great way to, like, meet women and party with them mm-hmm. who like to have their feet massaged and toes sucked. And oh, my God. Footboy John's going to pass out. And I, I guess you could, do, you could do some filing at the same time if it's got the boss theme going on. Uh, possibly. Right, right. Bring in a little, uh, mat, you know. bring in a little petty kit and uh, get to town. And it's like the admission is like only thirty-five bucks. So it's and it's that's next to nothing in New York City. Yeah, that's true. That's when I paid for a hamburger last night. Was it a good burger? <laughs> yes. No. Was it worth the thirty-five bucks? No, I'm only joking. No, I've, I've never spent quite that much for a hamburger, but uh, they can easily run that much. That sounds like a cool party. Anyway, anyway, don't let me. Uh, let's get back onto the Sultan of Smuttery thing. <laughs> yeah, let's talk smut, shall we? Yes. I mean, we're all cozy in my bed. Let's do the smut thing. All right. So, Irv, tell mm-hmm. us, because like a lot of people don't know that you do an enormous amount of writing. So, is yes. it all in the you know fetish or even just erotica? genre or do you do like vanilla stuff too i have done vanilla stuff i mean i've done more probably than femdom because most of the magazines i've written for over the years have been just you know your sort of straight kind of regular men's magazines Mm. so i've written all kinds of stories just with normal you know middle of the road vanilla type sex but with the usual twists that i throw into everything 
thing, you know, with the characters and stuff like that. But right. Um, right now, the magazine business is not what it was. Um, mm-hmm. The Internet has pretty much knocked magazines to the side. Uh, there are very few magazines to write stories for or do interviews for anymore. So I'm trying to do more on the Internet. And uh, I do and a lot you of are, writing. Though, but you, so what are, what are some of the places that you write? Like, what are some of the publications and stuff that you write for? All right, I write for, well, I write, most of the writing I'm doing right now is for um, a company in, in Europe called DDF Productions, DDF Network. And uh, you can find them on Twitter at DDF Network. And they have a lot of websites of all different kinds. They have uh, what they call glamour porn, which is pretty girls, solo pretty mm-hmm. girls. And, uh, and then there's they have DDF Busty, which is big boobs, obviously. Right. Only only blowjob. So. So and a, what are they? They are these like newsletters that go out, or is it like a full-on magazine that's online? Well, they're they're sites, and then I write newsletters for three sites. So I write a weekly newsletter, uh, telling what's going on at the site in terms of the individual scenes and describe them and, you know, kind of make the newsletter entertaining and enticing to people who are either members or or potential members of the site. Mm-hmm. And, um, and is and it all femdom for the most part? Uh, well, I do. I write for one site called uh, hotlegsandfeet.com. So uh, that has more of the fetish angle, obviously. Right. And then, the, then there's another site that I write for, which is called House of Taboo. And that's more, it has some femdom, but it's often male dom over women. So, you know, women are tied up and spanked and whipped and whatnot. And um, so those are the two fetish sites of that company. Well, and, so uh, do you think that there's more as far as the the whole genre of femdom writing? Do you think there's more writing centered around male doms than there is around the female doms? Well, there there seems to be. I mean, from what I I read, I hear that there's more interest in in men dominating women. You know, in, in porn, that mm. that's what more guys want to see, and maybe that's true. But uh, my orientation has been in terms of, for example, the leg fetish. Because I used to be the editor of Leg World magazine, mm-hmm. and I wrote I wrote for Leg Show for many years too, and Leg Action. Leg Show, yeah. right? Yeah, leg Show. <laughs> yeah, it was a great magazine edited by Diane Hansen, who of course is going on to work for uh, Tosh and Books in California. Mm-hmm. But um, my impression always was that in the in the leg scene, the fe- the leg the it, it was mostly submissive men wanting to worship the women. That okay. the legs are a symbol of female power, mm-hmm. and the feet are the symbol of female power as well, and men want to kiss and suck and do all sorts of stuff to women's feet in order to adore them and to uh, show their homage. So, um, but then again, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there online, uh, you know, where women are being dominated. In the magazine business, on the other hand, because of all the restrictions that are placed on magazines on the newsstand, you saw very right. little heavy-duty male domination of females. Very little. There's like a magazine called Taboo, which is put out by um, by Hustler, and they have it. But 
that's really just like one magazine. There used to be, right. I guess Nugget Magazine used to have that, but Nugget is no longer around. So, um, and but like I said, there's very few magazines because Leg Show is no longer around. Leg Show is. No, Leg Show's is, long gone, yeah. Yeah, it's gone the way of all flesh. There is, you know what, when I had the sex shop, it was difficult getting anything fetish in in magazine. It was also very difficult to get fetish in in film, believe it or not. Now, this was, you know, ten years ago. But yeah. it, it still was very, it was just really hard. Like, I would be going through, you know, mountains of catalogs of, you could get straight porn anytime you wanted. Mm-hmm. But you sure as hell can't get any kind of, and you could get gay porn, just, you know, straight up vanilla right. porn, gay porn, fetish, and there was such a huge call for it. It's difficult. So it Thank wasn't God available to <laughs> Yeah, right. They really changed the whole scene with that. But So you mean it wasn't available uh, from the distributors, the, the fetish no, porn? No, it, it was very difficult to get at that time. Now, I'm assuming that it's gotten better. I, I don't yeah. know because I haven't had the shop in so long, but it's... I'm assuming it's gotten better. I think it should have, especially. But then I also think, you know, the whole buying DVDs thing is pretty much gone out the window because it's a lot easier to stream it in anyway. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, with the Internet and all the free porn that's out there and all the tube sites, people can see pretty much whatever they want, you know, any time that they want. So that's that's the problem that's faced by websites and magazines mm-hmm. is how to get people to want to buy you know want to buy magazines that is or the biggest subs- thing that's very true actually yeah. icy tricks just asked a question here in the chat uh-huh. room is there a, okay. is there a reasoning why there are so many restrictions or mostly just because of the potential overreaction as far as having a magazine on a stand you can't. It's just you'll never get anyone who will distribute it for you. That's one of the biggest issues. Well, see, the problem is it's partly political and it's like political correctness. Um, it depends on the regions. So, like for example, I mm-hmm. worked in the magazine business for so many years that I've seen all the different restrictions we've had to deal with. And for example, 30 years ago, when you had a boy-girl set in a magazine, you couldn't show a hard penis. Mm-hmm. The penis could be semi-hard, but it couldn't be right. all the way hard, and it couldn't be touching the girl. And, uh, and to take another example, years later in in the 2000s already, uh, when I was editing Leg World, uh, you couldn't have a guy in a fetish boy-girl set kissing a woman's shoes because that was regarded as degrading to him, to him. And and if it was a woman kissing her shoes, it would also be degrading to her. The act of kissing shoes was regarded as degrading. So Mm -hmm. in Canada, you could not have that. So unless you change the pictures for Canada, which is a more costly process, Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't run pictures of people kissing people's shoes. So Hmm. you had to work around that restriction when you were doing the layout. Are you in Canada? No, no, but I'm saying that uh, the magazines were distributed in Canada as well as in America. Got it, okay. Because and I even had, had to... that issue. There's that issue, which is kind of interesting. Even in porn, when you're talking distribution of DVDs, it is literally different for every state and every province. Right, right. Now, where did you, you have some your... Some places you can't get gay porn. Some places you can't get fetish porn. So it, oh, it's it's a nightmare. Where did you have your store? In uh, up in Huntsville, Ontario. 
Okay, so right, there's every, so every place you you probably couldn't get fetish stuff there because there was there was fetish stuff here in New York, for example. Oh yeah, um, if you're getting into the major cities, for sure. But I mean, right. even just dealing with my distributors, it was really difficult to get anything fetish. So whenever I got it, I would get like a whole pile of it if I could get my hands on it. Right, right. Yeah, but anyway, so there's always been restrictions to answer uh, right. I see Trick's question. There's always been a zillion restrictions placed on porn, and it's partly a way that um, you know uh, we're we have to toe the line of political correctness. And mm-hmm. uh, and also a way to control the business and sort of right. you know in a way demon it demonizes the business. Oh, you can't show this, you can't show this. Mm-hmm. You know when in re- and that, when and again when you do that, and I don't think anybody gets this, is that when you start saying, oh, you know this is good and this is bad and this is wrong and this is right, this is why everybody who has a fetish ends up talking to me because they feel guilty over it. It's right, so right. ridiculous. Like all of these restrictions and these, you know, censoring and everything that's going on based on what? Based on the morals of whoever happens to decide to do it. It's so stupid. Exactly. And it's going to it'll always change in a few years. I'm sure the restrictions on the internet or on ma- magazines will be different too because there's always that's that's a constant in the business. You always have to deal with some kind of government restrictions coming down or you know uh, about where things are distributed, so you mm-hmm. just kind of roll with the punches, and you try to work around them. And, uh, I'm actually like when, shocked, to be totally honest, that everybody can sell what they can sell on Amazon. I'm surprised yeah. they have not come down and said, "Oh no, no erotica or no porn." Or I, I, that shocks me. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's true. I mean, but it I is, would expect uh, them to be, you know, freaking out over it. But for some reason, they're not, which I find kind of interesting. Yeah, because even I know. for sex toys and all the other stuff, it's like wow, you can even get bondage stuff on Amazon. You can get anything on Amazon. Like the only thing you can't get very well is porn. Because I looked it up last night. As mm-hmm. far as getting DVDs are concerned, I think you can get streaming, and a lot of what they've got on there is very more blue movie as opposed to porn. So they oh, you are mean, like soft. That. Oh, that's super interesting. Soft yeah. Yeah, yeah, the really old stuff, the stuff that, you know, actually a lot of the reviews on it were just terrible because it's just, it's all junk, it's old. Yeah, that's interesting. It's all cause together. So I'm I guess, surprised they haven't come down on the writers. I really am. I guess the, the writing is perceived as being somehow less, you know, not offensive necessarily, but more harmless because it's Probably it's written. because, yeah, you have to hope someone knows how to read. <laughs> that's true. And a lot of true. people don't don't want to read, so you know. <laughs> so why femdom? Is it because you find yourself to be submissive? Yes, I mean I'm definitely into it. I mean I'm definitely you know identified mm-hmm. that way. Um, I mean I've written these stories almost. Eric. Oh yeah. Hello. Are you there? Oh. It's it. I was unmuted or something. I know. Well, I don't know why the oh Joe's doing something behind the scenes and screwed up. So <laughs> you can okay. you can hear me now. Yeah, right? it's okay. He's back again. Oh, okay. Holy cow. Um yeah, uh, and it, yeah, so so I was saying, um yes, I mean I'm I'm into it. You know, I'm, I I'm some I'm submissive. I get into these fantasies. So years ago when I started writing, um I, I the first story I wrote that was a femtime story was just about this guy who was a mayor of a city and his wife dominated him and made all the decisions. 
So I, I guess that's how I started taking those fantasies and putting them into stories. And, so when um, you write, are you writing more from the perspective of the submissive, or do you do both? You, you jump back and forth. Um, well, usually I write, if it's a short story, I usually stick with one perspective. So it'll be, from the, it's usually from the perspective of the submissive, of the guy, you know, since I wrote, okay. mostly write about guys being submissive to women. Um, but occasionally I do write from the viewpoint of the dominant woman. You know, and I just get into her psychology and her looking, right. you know, seeing the scene. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I like to do that as well. I, we I have a sometime... caller. We do have a caller. Yay, it's Maribel Blue. Let's bring Maribel in. Hi, Maribel. Hello. Hi. Hey, Maribel. How's you and all? How's everybody? Excellent. Good. So I just wanted to go back on... Um, Mr. O'Neill's comment about like magazines and the difference between then and now, because of course you know I run a magazine, and um, at times it's really difficult, <laughs> you know, just to be creative and think think of new topics and and try to be innovative to get people to contribute or to read, etc. So you're saying in this day and age it's not even worth um, having people pay for a subscription. Like what would make somebody pay for something as opposed to another magazine where people feel it's not worth wasting their money on? Well, um, this is this is what I think. I, I think with the competition with from everything that's free, you have to give people something that uh, they really, really want and mm-hmm. that they don't want to wait for. So, right. in other words, if you're doing a magazine that has content that people are extremely loyal to uh, and they don't want to wait until it maybe will be disseminated somewhere on the Internet for free, mm-hmm. then they'll be willing to pay for it, you know, a reasonable nominal fee. Which is difficult think, in our industry, though. Because yes. It's yes. like in the adult industry, right across the board. No matter what, no matter where you go, it, everything is so it's out there for free every two minutes. Well, that's well, the problem. My, well, on, I was going to say my whole concept is that I wouldn't want to be in a position where I would charge my subscribers just to view my magazine. I want to be able to keep it for free and also have the incentives that when they sign up, they can probably get, like, goodies in the mail or, you know, if there's a new product out, maybe they can, you know, have a free sample of that product. Because I always believe in incentives. But at the same time, you know, I have to be reasonable in in how I'm doing that because you can't give everything for free. I mean, you know... In this day and age of the Internet, and my magazine is an online magazine, a lot of advertisers are looking for, like, these free gamuts or banner exchanges, and I'm not really in a position to make those kind of deals anymore because there's too Mm -hmm. much going on in my magazine to tell said advertiser, you know, oh, sure, we can do a banner exchange. So for me, those days are over. How do you view that? Well, sorry, do you charge for your magazine then? No, I don't. 
you don't charge for it. I so do are not, you, no. So are you saying that, are you asking me, I mean, I don't run a magazine, and I mean, I, the only thing I do that I sell online is, is my e-books, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel that I have to charge something because otherwise I can't really write for free. You know, it just right. it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Well, people well, I'm get talking about from an advertiser's too. perspective mm-hmm. um, with the experiences that you've had. Because from a writer's perspective, I can understand. Um, I mean, I think for me the logic is, is if you came on and said, hey, Maribel, I really like to write for your magazine and, you know, I want to tell you my story. I mean, I would take under consideration probably is it like a novella, is it some kind of serial thing where, you know, we can entertain my readers by putting parts up and saying next week. You know, I think people get more enticed when it's a continued story that you can feed them just a little bit to hook them in and they can come back the next week and read more. Like a soap opera. Right, that makes sense, sir. So you're quite, but what are you asking me though? Well, well, my question is, it, it goes back to the advertisers in, in the, like I said, in, in the market of everything being so free and accessible, and advertisers wanting to have that same experience. It's like, why would somebody pay millions of dollars to put a 30 second ad or a 60 second ad during the Super Bowl? and then not have the same respect for someone who's, you know, running a business. I'm not I'm not asking for millions of dollars, but do you see my point is that, you right. know, that has to do though that, now the, you're coming down to marketing. That has to do with the fact that the Super Bowl is one of the most widely watched shows. Mm-hmm, so you're looking mm-hmm. at audience value. Right. So you'd have to be able to go to your advertisers and say, "Okay, I get 2 million hits a month." And then you've got to sit down and base it on what's that two million, you know, if, if I'm getting two million people to my website, you know, what's that worth to you? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I guess that was the point I was trying to get at because I was just trying to understand, you know, in this day and age of Internet and everything being so free and accessible, are magazines suffering in any kind of way because of that? Are writers suffering in any kind of way because of that? Oh, definitely, because magazines have uh, have closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> editors have been fired. Mm-hmm. Writers mm-hmm. have lost work and assignments and columns and regular gigs left and right. Mm-hmm. So because, um, you know, they can't, these markets, the magazine markets can't really compete. Mm-hmm. Much anymore. I mean, even right. Playboy magazine cut their uh, their frequency down to I think ten times a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, they mag- pulled two months out. Playboy pulled two months. Well, out. they I think they combined they combined a couple of issues, so I think it's I don't what months they are. Yeah, so well, there's Playboy's been around for. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because actually, when I was in college, one of uh, one of the classes I was taking it was a marketing class actually. Uh, one of the assignments was to pick a company that we were going to follow and act like we were working in that company. And I made a lot of discoveries. I picked Playboy because, of course, as a magazine owner, why would I pick anything else? And I made a Mm -hmm. lot of discoveries about the decisions that Hugh Hefner made, like with the licensing of the Playboy bunny and how after a while it just becomes um, irrelevant and 
it, it, it gets burnt out. It's like you can put a Playboy bunny on everything now. The licensing now means nothing because he's already milked the licensing. So perhaps licensing is a big mistake when it comes to, you know, a, a, a logo or a personal product. Um, well, it would depend also, on the product and, you know, how, right. how unique it was, I would imagine. What yeah, I mean, when, the when, Playboy when he, bunny ears were. <laughs> Right, when he first started doing it, and for many years after, it was a unique product. And as a matter of fact, we had to be careful in the magazines not to ever use any of that that iconography. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, for example, if a girl showed up with a Playboy tattoo, as many girls started doing, right. in, a, in a pictorial, I would always tell the art director, I want you to uh, edit around her tattoo, because... Mm-hmm. Playboy was known to be, uh, you know, pretty... They would be aggressive. They were aggressive uh, in taking people down for a while, yeah. Ex- exactly. So that's obviously changed because now you see the Playboy bunny on, tattooed on so many models. And it's, uh, right. It's com- right. commonplace. So that's what she means. It's, it's almost like his his logo is now diluted to the point where it's exactly. almost valueless. Exactly. That. Thank you, Doctor Sue. That. That was the point I was making. That's what I had discovered in, in following this assignment. That he he made a mistake. You know, with the licensing, um, or maybe he learned from that, and um, and also he learned from the mere fact of making his uh, his company a public company instead of a private company. You have Hearst Corporation that is a private company, they own all of these magazines and they keep it within the family. It's not a public company. Um, So I think in that aspect, diverting from the whole BDSM world, I guess just the business aspect of it is that um, I think people just need to be careful in the choices that they make as far as their business is concerned. Mm -hmm. it's, It's a tricky time. It's like things are just so in flux. Well, do you find, Irv, that that your stuff is selling? Like, and I think because this is even some of the doms. Bella just said this in the chat room. I mean, mm-hmm. let, if this is pulling plagiarism right out of it, is anything even selling, or does everybody just demand everything for free? Well, you know, the eBooks, for example, that I do. I mean, they sell. They don't sell in, in great numbers. They do sell, but I mean, I think it's partly that it's a very much of a niche. There's a great mm-hmm. deal of competition, and I certainly do everything I can to keep it, you know, visible to the public. And I mean, I do. I write for Dom Dose, for example. You know, I write for mm-hmm. them every week, and I mention my eBooks, and I go on Twitter. And I do promote, you know, I do promotional things like doing interviews, like with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I write, a, you know, in my blog and whenever I do a book, and but. Um, it's uh, it's hard because there's so much free material out there. I mean, I've found many good free stories myself just surfing around on the Internet. And I always would think to myself, boy, you know, if this person who wrote this story had come to me when I was still editing magazines, I probably would have paid them $400 for it. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're putting but it I'm up for free. As a, if, if your stories are really good, why would somebody like, the author of Fifty Shades of Grey have like this grand sensation. My next door neighbor started to read it, and after a couple of chapters, she was already grossed out. Whereas she may read a book like yours or somebody else's. Is all these great writers? Why aren't they getting 
the equal recognition? What makes everybody so different? Luck of the and what draw when her... it comes to writing. Yeah, Honestly, and it's also mar- yeah, marketing, and, and they yep. could also certain Having things appeal agent. to a wider audience. It's so many yep. elements to go into it. But, uh, but you know, in answer to what you were saying, the, the e-books sell. They don't sell in really great numbers. They do sell, but um, it would be nicer if they sold more, obviously. But um, uh, all I know is that I, I write as well as I can. I'm satisfied with the things that I put out. So, um, and I hope to find other ways to. Well, and clearly your stuff is in demand. I mean, you're doing newsletters. You're, you know, you're out there a lot because you are. Yeah, well, I'm always writing. You know, I I, because that's how I make my living, and that's what I've done for many years. Um, But uh, it's it's not an easy way to do it. Are you making your living off your e-books, or are you making your living off of doing the newsletters, or like how are you doing it? Uh, mostly from writing for websites and uh, occasional mm-hmm. magazine pieces still. But the magazine, like I said, the magazines uh, just uh, have, a lot of them were f- folded. Right. So like three years well, because ago, because it's I was, so costly to print them too. Yeah, and they just don't uh, they don't sell the way they used to because people mm-hmm. just. The funny thing is that for for quite a few years, the magazine audience was, especially for sex magazines, was composed mostly of. Guys who were in their middle ages, like in their 40s, and uh, a lot of them still were not on the Internet. You'd be surprised. I know a good number of people who who don't have computers, people that mm-hmm. I just know, my friends, you know, artists or you know, writers or whatever. They just they don't have computers. And it may seem strange, but there are a lot of people who don't. And I would get letters to the magazine, uh, Legworld, for example, or I also edited Cheeks magazine, and... Um, you know, it was clear that these people never went on online. Everything was still the magazine for them. But I think that's been changing in the last few years. And um, more and more people are computer savvy. And as they are, then they're starting to say, well, why should I spend $12 on a magazine? True. Well, Irv, I want to say that my publicist and I, Max J. Hinman, are working very hard to generate some serious income into the magazine. So we hope that we can buy one of your stories and put it on Kinky Magazine. Oh, good. Well, we'll have to talk more about that, Maribel. It sounds good. Yes, yes. Dr. Sue, I love you. I'm going to continue listening to the show, and you guys have a great evening. Thank you so much for calling, Maribel. You know I love you. Love you back. Thanks, Maribel. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So what do you, Herb, what do you... Enjoy, like, because I, I, you obviously, if you, because I know what that's like when you sit down at a computer and you start to just let the words flow. What mm. is it that you enjoy most about that genre? Is it just you just kind of let yourself go and let the submissive out as you're as you're writing, well, or how do you do um, it? In my stories are they're made up. They're you know I call them erotic adventure stories basically. But um, they're, they're based on some experiences I've had in terms of going to like doms, pro doms, or whatever, or with strippers, you know, doing role playing with them. But um, when I'm writing the story, I just get into the experience of whatever is happening in the story. And so it doesn't um, necessarily have to be for you. It doesn't have to be an actual experience that you've had. You can let your imagination go. Right, right. I mean, I'm, the stories are made up. I mean, they're they're pretty much fictional. 
And um, but uh, you know they come from things that I've experienced or I've felt, mm-hmm. or people that maybe I observed. wished I could have been, I've observed yeah. or wanted to have an experience with. Um, for example, my story, Learning to Be Cruel, which has been like the best-selling story that I've written so far. Um, there was a girl who worked in a in a shop that I would see frequently, and she was just this she was just this kind of very beautiful Asian girl, very kind of cold and distant, you know. And I used to say, "Oh, this girl is so beautiful." So then one day, I just sort of started writing this story about a guy who sees a girl like her walking out of a store where she works, and then he gets into a conversation with her, and he tries to take her out on a date. He says, oh, "Can I take you to lunch?" And she laughs at him. She says, "No, you're too old for me." Blah blah. And then he just kind of blurts out, well, maybe I could be your slave. And then she kind of like looks at him like, well, that sounds interesting. Like, let's let's hear a little more about that. And then they go to a restaurant where she ends up sort of humiliating him by having him eat the remains of her hamburger off a plate right. in front of everybody. So, you know, it was, it was spurred by seeing this very sort of haughty girl frequently in the store and then I just took it uh, into my imagination and after that story was successful um, uh, I just decided to write a sequel because uh, an artist had done some pictures of um, two pictures based on the character of the dominatrix in that story he is imagined that what you the story for the book cover uh, no I, I do my own covers I do this sort of these sort of crude covers that are evocative of the old 42nd Street style fetish booklets mm-hmm. that I used to see. So I do the covers myself partly. I'm not an artist, but I can design a cover. And uh, I do it partly to save money and partly because it has sort of sleazy feeling that I like. And um, it gives them a sort of a distinctive look. So. Um, well, Irv, you've got some comments in the chat room here saying that, you know, a lot of people think you should be doing uh, audiobooks. Because you have such a wonderful voice, because you do. Oh, well, thanks, thanks. I, I, I do like to, I read my stuff a lot as I'm writing it, so, you know. <laughs> um, that, that's have you thought about good. doing that, like putting one out as an MP3, you know, charging for the MP3 as an audiobook? It's occurred to me. I just, um, I'm always just kind of, you know, doing this and that, and I, it's one of those mm-hmm. ideas. I think I should do that, and then I don't do it, you know, so. Right. It's it's something that I, I should definitely consider. Um, you know, doing audio books or even videos, I've often thought about that because I've written a lot of screenplays. Mm-hmm. I wrote a lot of films in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s for companies like Vivid Video, and right. um, it's it's fun writing scripts because you get to see people, you know. Role playing. You get your to see it come basically. to life. I think that's you get to see those words actually come to life, which is very fascinating from a writing standpoint. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's it's very pleasurable. So um, I often think about doing that. I think I should you know start making some short videos or whatever. But I'm also I'm always uh, thinking in terms of well, will I be able to sell it? Will I be able to make money with it? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I there's a great glut of material out there. And uh, I look at it kind of like, well, is this something that will be profitable for me? I know that sounds right. kind of dollars and cents oriented, but you have to be because um, times are uh, are tougher now. And um, if I wanted to make videos, I would have to hire people to be in them, unlike, you know, doms who shoot their own clips. I 
I don't. Right, I don't have right. my own cast in my own. Clothes, well, why not you know? still do this? Why haven't you still kept up with the with the scripts for Vivid? Uh, that's also another thing. In-house writers now, or? Uh, yeah, just you know, times just kind of changed. The directors that I work for kind of. Uh, what about making if, what about Kink? Kink dot com, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that too. I haven't. Um, uh oh, that's haven't... another one on your to do list. Yes, I've, there's a number of to-do things. <laughs> we have but, another caller for you. Sounds good. Beautiful lady. You mm-hmm. ready for a beautiful lady, Earth? I'm always ready for a beautiful lady. <laughs> Angela. Hi, Angela St. Lawrence. How are you, gorgeous? I'm I'm good, and how are you, beautiful doctor? Excellent. Hey. I'm hey, ready Angela. for my examination, Dr. Sue. <laughs> oh, don't get me going on that one. That's a story well. right there. <laughs> I want to apologize for not calling in for porno person. I had an emergency in my house. I was listening the entire time. By the time they, the, there were people here, by the time I rallied them out the door, I called you like three times and you kept sounding like you were signing off, so I'd sign off. I'd hang up and then you'd start talking again. <laughs> so that's what happened. Which is so typical. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that's what you happened. finally got to get through. That's good. Because sometimes the way you're calling, are you using Skype? No. Mm-mm. You're not. I wonder why it comes, because it comes in as 111, 1111, and those calls always drop for some reason. Well, I hope this one doesn't. I don't know. That's what I mean. I'm just so calling through my regular good. phone. Um. <laughs> I wanted to say to her, first of all, just from hearing you, you're Jewish, aren't you? I'm Jewish, yes. 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 Yeah. I love Why Jewish you, people. <laughs> I just love Jewish people. I love the religion. I just love everything about it. Oh, I mean, I'm a Catholic. Did mm-hmm. I didn't know that until I heard your voice. New York and Jewish. I'm like, oh, yes, of course. But how oh. do you hear uh, your voice? I, I, you can't. I, how do, I can just hear it. I, I Let's just say I have a lot of kinky callers from New York, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, it's my locutions, my yeah. locutions. So, uh, but I like it. I mean, it sounds, uh, you speak well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, you've got a beautiful voice. You really do. Hmm. Yes. You probably speak better than I do, I'm sure. You have a good um, voice, too. Very oh, I'm voice. I'm a, I'm from the I'm from a very rural area, and if it wasn't for my English degree, it would be a lot worse than it is. Believe oh, me. Uh, and yeah. if I get very excited, it still comes out, and I'll say foul instead of file, and uh-huh. yes, it can, it can get kind of weird. And if I'm typing, I'll, one time I typed, I was like in a chat. I wanted to say wait a while, and I typed it W O W because that's how I'd say it. <laughs> so. Uh. I was actually shocked when I saw that. I'm like, did I just type that? I'm like, oh, my God, that's how I say it. (laughs) Um, But the reason I wanted to talk to you was because I don't know if you know this, but um, if you want to hear this, but it's it's true, so I'm going to tell you. When I was a little girl, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say around 13 years old, I had a dirty uncle. Uh-huh. And he was a good boy. I mean, nothing weird happened. But I also knew where he kept his porn stash. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when I learned to masturbate, it was stealing his cigarettes out of the basket where he hid his porn stash with a couple of his magazines, which included a few that I don't know if you like mentioning, because I noticed at your blog you don't really say names of them so much. 
Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling I learned to masturbate to a few of your stories. That's I, I, that's my hope, anyway. I hope so, too. In my head, that's what happened, because I read a lot of those. He had a lot of, like, old penthouse and forums and, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. Leg Show, did you ever write for Leg Show? Oh, yes, God, I, I love that show. magazine. Mm-hmm. love that magazine. It's not yeah. around anymore, is it? It just went out of business uh, within the last year. But the person sad. who edited it hadn't edited it for many years. So, but that uh, is so sad because that was, I think, it's one of the hottest magazines on the on the market. Myself. Yeah, it was. It was a great magazine. It was a fun magazine to write for too. If I if I told you a story, would you rec- would you be able to tell me if you wrote it, or is there like some kind of agreement you have with them or anything? No, I mean if I. Tell me what the the plot line is, and if I could remember. Oh, there was just this one story that didn't make sense to me. I thought it was kind of silly, but yet there was a harsh German woman in it, and Mm. I just thought it was extremely hot because of her. She made the whole story hot, and it was just like someone was being very whimsical, and I think it might have been stepsisters or something that decided to destroy their stepbrother's male sperm, and they were, like, making him masturbate constantly. this is what I like. What can I say? Um, that, 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 that was in late. That was in late show. I think. It sounds like the work of the writer, and I may be wrong. I'm just purely guessing, but it sounds like the kind of stuff that the writer named Greta Parma used to write. It okay. used to be very stern, kind of Germanic or different. Uh, there was like a like a, a governess type in the household, and she was saying, "We will destroy your." Yours come. We will destroy your sperm, and oh, it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful. Sounds never, good. I wish you remember the title. <laughs> <laughs> and how about do you? I do remember one called Writer's Block. Did you write that? Writer's Block. Um, hmm. He shows up at the door. The mistress brings him in because um, she just says, "Ah, so you have Writer's Block, basically." And she throws him into this chair and velcros him in. If I'm remembering, this was quite a while ago, but I do remember that that had a vibrating dildo built into the chair, and then she had another woman with her, and he ended up orgasming just by the way they were teasing him and taunting him. No, I I didn't write that one, but again, that sounds very much like the kind of thing that uh, was run in the Lake Show, so it I can imagine it being in that magazine. But uh, I have r- okay. written similar kinds of stories with governesses. And uh, my story, uh, Mommy's Little Dunce, is about a guy who goes to a, psychi- a psychologist who, well, you read that story. You reviewed it. Right? I love I your mean. stories. You're, yeah, you're a very was... big writer. Very, very, well, very. To me, you deserve the utmost respect, although I'd put you on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I'll but take it however I can get it. Uh, huh? I'm telling you, you're you're a wonderful writer. And I read a lot of stuff. I get stuff sent to me all the time, and I, I just love your stuff. I really do. I have one more question. I don't want to monopolize this, but I do want to ask you one more thing. Mm-hmm. And it is that uh, speaking of these stories, which are I'm thinking are probably lost somewhere in the world of paper, is there any way you could get your hands on those and republish those and create a whole new website? and you mean you know, the story? The stories I've written in the past. All those stories from all of those, yes. Oh, I've I've saved copies of of almost all the magazines that I've written for. So you know, I just I just have to transcribe them basically. The the, the problem is is in, in in will they sell? You know, it's uh, marketing, getting them out there. Um, what if you give them as a compilation of short stories, as a like a full novel of short stories? 
Yeah, I've been. Uh, I may. What I may do is I may assemble a book, uh, not just a, a Kindle book, but a uh, a soft cover paperback book, print on demand. I would I buy it in a heartbeat. No. Well, I'd I'll buy every every one. You, you put, I I just love all that stuff. I really do. So. I think you should consider it, Irv. Again, put that on your to-do list. That's number three. Yes. I'm keeping track. Okay. <laughs> you really, really, as a writer, I just think you deserve to be paid for what you do. You deserve to be pay, paid well, just like anybody does. And I just think it has to be frustrating for you. People don't want to pay for it. The Internet has kind of changed that, you know, and it just sickens me. It really does. Yeah, so. it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. <laughs> But uh, we, we, we well, do what Bella we can. Well, said, you have, Irv, you have loyal fans following you who will buy everything you put out. I will. I'll buy it all, I promise. Well, I is, hope to put out some more stuff very soon. So. How about Cantor, Eddie? Is he there? No, Eddie couldn't make it, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should have announced that at the beginning of the show. Duh. He probably um, did. I, I was late. could so. not make it tonight because he had some um, issues that came up, some scheduling issues. So he wasn't able to make it, which is a bummer. Yeah, I just read his book, uh, Window Shopping, on, on Kindle. It was so very good. So tell us what you thought. I mean, we might as well plug him. You know, what did you think? Yeah, I'm going to write, put a review up. I just wanted to think about it before I wrote it. It is a very intense book. I mean, it's very uh, hardcore BDSM. You know, this guy gets com- totally feminized and degraded and fucked and everything by this mistress and another girl gets involved and it's an intense story but it has sort of a psychological subtext going on that really makes you sort of think about the nature of why people get into get in so deep and uh, yeah because there's there's part of him that that subtext is like he's even during the telling of it confused and and baffled by why he's letting this continue it's a really good story i was very impressed with him I mean, considering yeah, was, that he's not someone that came from where you came from, that is a very good story. Yeah, no, he you know? he obviously knows how to write. This mm-hmm. was very well done. I mean, I had to take a break in the middle and, and do something. I was thinking, like, I want to get back to finishing that story. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, you know, that's a high compliment because he did a great job. So, yeah. window shopping. Hey, window and see, shopping. now, and the thing is, if you were to talk to Edward, this is what I find very interesting. He doesn't think that he's a good writer at all. Mm-hmm. That's why, to him, you are the amazing writer. You know what I mean? It's like he is, like, in awe of you. See, but the, you know what's funny about being a porn writer? I mean, I, I don't, I'm don't. i speaking from my own experience, but I even wrote a story about it. As Angela knows my story, Mommy's Little Dunce, is about a guy who is a porn writer and, and feels that somehow or another he's on the bottom of the barrel as a writer because of it. And this is a real feeling that, that people often have in the porn business. I agree. I think you, that's very true. Yeah, and even though you may have a lot of skills, and it takes skill to write a decent piece sure of fiction. It it's actually the, whole... the hardest thing to write. People don't understand that. When I was going to college and I was going through to do my journalism and everything, and I was taking a fiction course, that was one of the assignments was we had to write a sex scene. Now, I didn't find it hard, but everyone else in the class was like, wow, it's so hard. I mean, how many euphemisms can you come up with for all this stuff? And, and you, you know, they were trying to make it super vanilla. And it's like, but if it's your book, you can write it any way that you want to. But it is, it's not an easy thing for people to get down on paper to do a decent sex scene. 
Yeah, because people think they have to do it a certain way. But if you just mm-hmm. write it like you'd write anything, like you'd write it to describe it, the experience, then you mm-hmm. then you're freed from all the constraints. You don't have to use any particular words. You just sort of say like, well, this is the way it happened, you know, and this is the way it felt, and this is the way the the light was coming into the room when we were doing this or doing that, you know, and this is. And the this thing is, is this... it's your story. You can go where you want, do what you want, make them do what you want. It doesn't matter. Right. But people get so drawn into the whole, oh, this has to be done perfectly, and this has to be done a certain way, and, you know, you can't use the word fuck. And it's like, well, all right, then, if you're going to get that squinky about it, yeah, well, you're going to drive may... yourself nuts. Well, maybe that's why it was good for me, for example, to start out by writing porn novels when I first moved to New York. You know, I had to write 40 pages a day, which was really brutal. I mean, you can do it when you're, you know, when you're 23 years old. That's why. Mm-hmm. But it, but at least I had to get it done within a couple of weeks, and so I could get my check. You know, and it freed me from a lot of the the worry and the pretension. You know, I just said, all right, I got to get it done. It's got to be finished, and you know, I'll do it as best I can. So. Um, I, I was able to throw away some of my preconceptions and just sit down and do it. And also because I didn't think I was going to be doing it for my entire life. I thought, all right, this is a stepping stone. I'm going to be, you know, this big writer, you know, this big mainstream, the next Philip Roth or whatever. But, um, you know, I, but I think... But even, even Lewis Friend said that. And I've seen, because he, he does a lot of vanilla writing. Mm-hmm. And I've seen both sides of him. And his biggest thing is, well, I don't think what I do in the porn world is worth anything. He has that conception that you just said, that when you're writing anything porn or smut, well, therefore it's garbage. It doesn't, it doesn't count unless you're countering it with something vanilla that, you know, whether it's nonfiction or whatever it is. It just everybody has this perception. Well, that you know what? Porn is bad. Here's what I think, Doctor Sue. I think that it is a problem. I deal with it all the time because, unfortunately, and I see it every day, even on Twitter, um, the same person that would masturbate to your story, and maybe three or four times, is the same person that would pretend they don't even know you. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody to know their Oh, my their God, even having my sex shop. Are you kidding? To this day, if I go grocery shopping, do you know how many heads? They don't look at you and go, hi, how's it going? No, they look at the floor. And the frustrating thing is they're using, they're utilizing it. And it's the biggest yeah. thing that drives me nuts about sexuality is everybody's walking mm-hmm. around saying, I'm vanilla, you're not, and you're weird. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, that's I, let me put this out there. Once and for all, I'm a Catholic girl. I was went to Catholic schools all my life. I have never masturbated to a vanilla fantasy in my life, nor do I intend to. So I don't think anybody does it. And the smarter they are, the less less they are going to do it. And you know, it's true. Your brain needs the play. Yeah. So, it needs to be able to extend itself past these stupid boxes and boundaries we put on ourselves. Well, that's yeah. one reason also why fetish and femtime is interesting to write because there's so much interaction and drama involved in it. And, and the sex is tied up into that stuff. Whereas when you write the more vanilla type stuff, there's often a separation between the sex and the story. You know, that's and you very true. Sort of, and you have to kind it's of like link it up. It's thrown in as, you know, 
yeah, you know, titillating. Yeah. Stuff to just try and get somebody to keep moving with the reading. Yeah, whereas when you're whereas when you're writing BDSM stuff, the, the the sex is part of the drama, part of the characterization and all that. So it's it's a more lively, in my experience, it's a more lively kind of thing to write about. Mm-hmm. But, um, we have another caller. I'm going to hey. bring Bella in because Goddess okay. Bella's on the phone. So you, don't worry, Angela. I'm not. You're staying on. I'm just going to okay. bring Bella in so she. Can I want to tell you something some about this. Ideas, Bella. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I just want you to know the last time I was here, uh, it was when you had Lewis on. Uh-huh. There was no blog. There was no. There was no blog room. It wasn't there. And now, or not blog room. I'm sorry, chat room. But now it's there. It wasn't there. That is so weird. Yeah, because there was a ton I got, of people in it. I know. I heard you talking about it. and I'm like, well, what do you have to do? Now? Sign up special or something? Yeah. Like, I, was I left out of the loop? <laughs> <laughs> welcome it, was, it took to a while before talk. it came on tonight, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bella, are you there? I'm here, sweetie. Yay! Okay, you can Bella. Hi, Bella. Hey, Irv. Listen, uh, I want to bring it back to the idea of the audiobook real quick. And you were saying about, uh, you know, maybe not selling and you don't want, you know, you got to be careful with the money. So I sell audiobooks and I sell PDFs mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. So let me give you a little hint. Uh, if you go through lulu.com or cafepress.com, you have the option to sell MP3s. Mm-hmm. You can also use gumroad.com to sell your MP3s. And looking through the TOS, they don't have any strict restrictions on adult content so far. Um, when you do decide to record, there is a free recording software out there, which is amazing. It's clear. It's wonderful. It's called Audacity. Audacity and, uh, is beautiful. Audacity. Hang on, let me sp- uh, type it out in the in the thing. Yeah. I got it. Go ahead. Don't, go ahead, Bell. Keep okay. Uh, anyways, it's free. You can find it on the Internet. Mm-hmm. All you need is a headset, and you can just read your books into it or tell your story into it. You can uh, transfer it into WAV files. You can transfer it into MP3s, which is wonderful. Uh, also, another thing, and uh, Domina Kiera brought it up in the chat room. You didn't see it. You can always also set up a Nightflirt account. Use it as your billing provider, but you're going to lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one you can do is uh, you can actually sell MP3s, erotica stories via Clip for Sale. So these are oh, there's also Clipettes. Well, that that you can sell audio books. Yeah. Oh, these are good There's ideas. All kinds these are, of them. I would suggest that you send him an email or send it to Dr. Sue or whoever, so he's got a list of that, because he's not, if he's like me, he won't remember it later. No, no, exactly. Yeah, no, I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to jot it down in an email. But, uh, well, if you're really interested, I think, or if you still got my email address, you can, you know, write to me. Let me know you actually are interested in this information. I'll be yeah. happy to send it to you. Uh, the the best, the whole thing about that is you do not have any financial output, so you don't need to stress out about. You know, not selling, because I know a lot of times when I write my books, in the beginning, that's what I thought, what if this book doesn't sell? Well, like I said earlier, you know what, 
you gain a loyal base of fans and followers. That's and true. they will help you, you know, market your books. They will retweet and tweet it for you. They will help you sell. They will buy your books and just keep going at it. You already are very well known as being, you know, a femdom writer. You are not going to have any problems selling any of your stuff. Oh. I appreciate that. Um, we love you. The best of luck. <laughs> what? What? I just said we love guys. you. Thank you. Love you guys too. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, thanks, bye, Doug. <laughs> what? Yeah, I just think you're cute. Oh, that going fast. Jeez. <laughs> what? I think that I really do think that somebody should exchange an email there and get that information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, have, I have heard of Audacity, too, by the way. Audacity. Not, Audacity. Yeah. Audacity is fabulous. I use it all the time. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. And it's free. It's it's fairly simple. They've got great help files. It's wonderful. You probably could hire somebody to read it for you if you don't want mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Can, yeah. He sell it, can he sell it as an MP3 at... And uh, Amazon, I wonder. I don't know. We need to look into that and see whether the MP3s can be erotic or not. And it's not really, okay, we also have to make sure that they understand it's not really eroticism. It's a bit harder than that. Uh, clips for sale. Yeah, clips there for you sale. go. I thought with clips for sale, though, you had to create some sort of um, video f- to go with it. Uh, you can always, if you have artwork or something that goes with the story, you can always put it up as a backdrop and um, or a single picture and run the uh, uh, run the audio track over it. Uh, okay. Oh, oh! So when they download see, it, they can look at the picture ways, and, and right. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, also a good suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I, that's something I have to think about. I got to think about new venues, so. I'm going to hang up so you guys can continue, but Dr. Sue, we need to talk sometime. Absolutely. So shoot me an email, and we'll figure out how to do that. You got it, Because I'd like I'll to get it. you up at my website and stuff, and I don't know how, you know, I need some help, so. Okay. And I need to ask about uh, terms of service with certain payment processors, that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So I'm glad you're being interviewed, Neil. Thank you for having your show, and thank you for having Irvine. And I miss our little Eddie. (laughs) I know. Poor Eddie. We'll get him back on. No worries. Okay, I'll be listening. Take Take care, care, Angela. Thanks. Bye, Angela. Bye-bye. Bye. So is there anything else you wanted to add, Irv? Tell everybody, like, all the places that they can find your writing. First of all, you can go. Okay, first of all, let me say that you can find... Irv's Twitter and Irv's website on In Bed with Dr. Sue on the page for this show. So if, right. you know, failing that, just go to that page. You can find Irv there, no problem. But where else can they find you? Okay, my uh, my blog, um, which is uh, called Erotica is My Trade, that's at uh, irvoneil.wordpress.com, I-R-V-O-N-E-I-L.wordpress.com. And um, on Twitter, I'm at Irv O'Neill. And um, you can find my books on all the different Amazon sites in uh, the United States and uh, Britain and the United Kingdom, Germany, Italy, France, Spain, Brazil, Japan, Canada. Do they translate so, that automatically for you? Well, they just translate the you know the page that, that says uh, so the, book the basic is still in Im- English. 
Yeah, the book is in English, but the basic information about the book is put into the the language, the native language. But the book and the description of the book are still in English. So, and uh, you know, the sales are fairly limited in other countries. But um, but the people read the like, people read my blog all over the world. I, mm-hmm. I from these countries, sometimes I've never even heard of. You know, because you can see <clears throat> what countries are viewing your blog. So that's great. I mean, I that's why I, I mean I have a lot of pictures on my blog as well as writing. So even if people don't understand the language or they can't translate it to their language, um, they can still look at the pictures. So, and um, I also write, as I said, for uh, the DDF Network. So you can find them on at Twitter at DDF Network, and they have, and then you can find links to their various sites. And there's all sorts of free. Um, links to see the pictures and to read some of the copy and um so I do newsletters for them every week for uh, ddfbusty hotlegsandfeet.com and mm-hmm. onebyday.com which is a different girl every day and then I also write for their other sites only blowjob hands on hardcore and house of taboo and I'm I just started uh, putting some of my stories on a site called bestlegshow.com it, it's I was going to say that, yeah, you just started writing for them, didn't you? Yes, I, it's some uh, older material I'm putting up on there. And, um, I mean, good stories that just haven't been around seen for a while. And uh, Yana Cronova, who runs the site, used to uh, work for Leg Show. And she also worked for me um, when I was editing Leg World. She did a lot of shoots for me there. She's a very good fetish leg photographer, glamour photographer, lingerie photographer. And uh, so I, she, you know, she wanted some of my stories, so they're in the story section. It'll be a different story every month, and the That's new awesome. one should be going up. Yeah, so they can find it at bestlegshow.com. And, yeah, yeah um, bestlegshow. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty much it for the moment. Uh, like I said, the magazines are kind of petered out somewhat. Any new books uh, coming out? Um, I have a couple in the in the works, but uh, what I'm, I'm thinking of putting together. A, uh, a compilation volume of the two parts of learning to be cruel, with uh, like an essay about you know uh, erotica writing. Um, oh, cool! So, yeah, with a new cover, so I'm thinking of doing that. That's and, a good uh, idea. Yeah, so I hope to have a couple of new Yay, stories. Yeah, can't wait. So make sure you get in touch with Herb so that you know when that book's coming out. Yep, I'm always tweeting and you know I'm always announcing everything, so you can see me on Twitter frequently. So. Uh, it's a good place to leave me a message or whatever. And uh, if you, and also I want to emphasize that if people, you know, have something to say about my books, I'd love to see feedback either on my blog or certainly on Amazon, any reviews or anything. Are and understand, you guys, it doesn't always have to be glowing. If it's constructive criticism and you're not being just a jackass, writers love to hear this. We want to know, you know, what are you – what are you reading? What do you enjoy about it? Do you want more of it? Do you, you know, it's, it's the best thing you can do if you read something you enjoy is let the writer know. Absolutely. You know, Even feedback if you hate is very, it, let them very know. Important. Don't be a dickhole. Right. No, a writer wants to be wants to be heard, not so mm-hmm. much liked or listened, you know, liked or hated. He he wants to be heard. She or he wants to be heard. And when you feel that you're being paid attention to, that spurs you on in your creativity. So, exactly. um, and it, and if people write reviews, they don't have to be novels either. They can just write a no. short piece. Just a few lines lets the writer know 
that he's somebody's you know, listening, somebody's impact. reading it. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody put a review recently of uh, my learning to be cruel part 2 story on um Amazon and uh, and then I found it on the Goodreads uh site. Mm-hmm. And it was great cuz the person really connected to the story and uh, I thought That's oh this brilliant. is this made me feel like okay, you know, this is good. It was very appreciative. So uh, I can't emphasize that too much. That's but, great. Uh, that was great. Uh, it was great talking. Great having and the opportunity to share. And thank you so it. much for being on the show again, Irv. We really appreciate oh, no. you coming on. No, thanks for having me. I didn't get to look really much in the chat room because uh, it's, it's hard. You for can't. Me. You almost can't. It's almost like you can't talk, and it's even hard for me to do. Just keep glancing over and see if there's questions or. Yeah, so I just want to say, if anybody had any questions that I missed, I you know I didn't mean to. I just was trying to no, concentrate trying on the conversation. No, I So you should be okay. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I was, was trying to get to that. I think the best comment of the chat room came from Dominic Kara, who said, I'm so loving the community atmosphere here. It's uh, so much less catty than uh, Twitter. It is. Yeah, we're great. all supportive here. Whenever you come to our chat room, whenever you come to this show, we are here to support everyone, not take anybody down. Right. That's right. We're all just trying to get on, get on and get upward and onward together, you know. You got it. So thank you, Irv, very much for being here. Everybody hit up Irv's blog, and again, you can get it on the InBedWithDrSue.com website if you've forgotten anything that we've said. Just head there, and everything is right there, including the links to his Amazon profile, and you can pick up Learning to Be Cruel and the sequel, Learning to Be Cruel Part 2. So for sure, thank you very much, Irv. My pleasure, Sue, Doc. Joe, thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Take care. I'll be talk to you soon. Right up. Bye. Bye. So that's the end of our show tonight. Um, Ashley really quickly wants to say hi. Say hi. Hi. She came back. I did. She didn't fall asleep after all. Nope, but I'm going to. <laughs> she sounds very sleepy. Okay, we're not going to go down that road again. Otherwise, like she's going to start I thought she was still hours. asleep from last session. Oh <laughs> uh, no, she's still she's she's alive. I'm she's alive. Still. So is Vanilla Girl gonna come see the boat? I don't know. What's in the boat? <laughs> Vanilla, okay, let's put it this way. Vanilla Girl will come to the boat provided there are the Bergdorf's Bendels. You know, um, what else do we need? All these credit cards. If if you've got the credit cards, she's happy to go to New York and go shopping. And then she'll bring everything back, and they're all your credit cards. See, it works well. Um, okay. <laughs> you have to give her incentive to go, see? So anyways, before we... Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Before everybody's gone, um, our next show is April the 16th. We have, I finally got this guest on the show. You guys are going to love this. Um, It's going to be Dr. Charlie Glickman, author of the book, The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure, Erotic Exploration for Men and Their Partners. I can't wait for this show. I've been trying to get Dr. Glickman here for you guys for a few months, and we finally pinned him down. Or, as was in our case, no, 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 we duct taped him down so, so that we can dispel. I want you guys to dispel this myth 
of, oh, my God, if I play with my ass, I'm gay. So, honestly, we're going to hopefully get you to where you understand that this is the most mind-bending orgasm you guys are ever going to have. He's going to teach different techniques, things to play with. It's awesome. Cannot wait. So that's going to be April the 16th, obviously, 10 o'clock right here. This Thursday, 10 o'clock, I'll be on the Entune show right here on Blog Talk with the one and only Ms. P, and we'll be discussing trending topics in depth. And, of course, give us a call there because we always want your opinions. And you can also ask me anything you want on that show. Um, So if you've got questions about anything, just shoot them off or, better yet, call in. I want to thank our guest tonight, Mr. Irv O'Neill. Be sure to head to InBedWithDrSue.com and get your smut read on with not only Mr. Neal but also Mr. Cantor, who is also supposed to be here. I want to thank my Joey for being here. Thank everybody in the chat room. Who who's still here? Oh, Domina Chiara, Icy Tricks, Mark Goodpet, Belladonna, Bubble Butt Sissy, Herb O'Neill, Literatrix, which is our beautiful Angela St. Lawrence. And we had a whole bunch of people that were here earlier too. We had Queen Kitty that was here and Footboy Dawn and everybody was here and Jasmine was here. So it was very nice of everyone to stop in and you guys have no idea how much I appreciate you guys tuning in listening to the show once again. For those of you who are listening after the live show, thank you for supporting us, and please tell your kinky friends or your not-so-kinky friends who you may want to open up the kink to the show. So that's it from my bed. Thank you, Dr. Sue. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Anyways, we are going to end the show tonight with the sexy voice of the beautiful Miss T. Austin Reed with Time to Get Wet. So, remember everybody, have a really good night. Stay nice and be happy and enjoy T. Austin.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.